Kia tata, this is the blog post for the 13th. Kia ora tata, this is the blog post from the 13th of August 2020. We're wired for survival, but sometimes that gets in the way. Our brain is incredible. Amongst other things, it's designed to solve problems relating to surviving and to avoid what might cause us harm. Pretty sweet, right? And that function is... That function in our tupuna... Kia ora tato, this is the blog post from the 13th of August 2020. We're wired for survival, but sometimes that gets in the way. Our brains are incredible. Amongst other things, it's designed to solve problems related to surviving and to avoid what might cause us harm. Pretty sweet, right? And it's that function in our tupuna's brains and our ancestors' brains that's contributed to us being here today. So we owe our lives to it, really. But this design can also be its or our downfall. Let's walk. Think of your phone or any device when you first got it. Fresh out of the box, ready to do the things you needed it to do. And even before you turned it on, it was preloaded with apps and default settings, right? We're the same. Well, kind of. We establish habits over time, and when that happens, our brains stop participating in decision making and they become automatic. We don't even have to think about them. Yeah, Hannah, that's pretty much what automatic means. <laughs> uh, typically, that's why we don't have to consciously decide to breathe. Holy heck, I wouldn't even know where to start on telling my body how to do what it does so it can, so I can get the air in and out of my lungs, let alone how to get the goods from that air into the bloodstream and cells and wherever else it needs to go. It just happens. So habits are great. They're efficient and they free up time, space and energy for us to focus on other things. But they can also get in the way. Just think real quick, how are your eating habits exercise habits, sleeping habits, or take another step back and ask yourself, what tendencies do you have when it comes to relationships? Do you have the same partner with different people? What about with experiences or with your mahi? What do you constantly, consistently do? How is your self-talk? Is there a pattern emerging? And if you feel attacked, same, <laughs> even as I was writing this, uh, but hey, there have been way more confronting questions in previous blog posts, I'm sure. And anyway, that's the work we're here to do. I got you. And where were we with the blog? Unlike our phones, however, it's not as simple as flipping the switch across and boom, we've got a new habit and it's ready to go. There's a little bit more to it. Take food, for example. Beyond the physical food item or meal, it has a cultural and, and spiritual significance. There's a direct whakapapa and genealogical links. There's emotional connections and triggers as well tied to food. Tied to food. And so there's all of that to consider when it comes to understanding our eating habits, how they unfold and how they unfold in our lives, and how to change them if we wish to do so. So let's revisit that question from earlier about the habits in our lives and let me raise you one and ask you this. Have you ever tried to change any of them? Were you successful? Here's a quote by Papa Samuel Johnson. The chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. Some context to this and why it's in the blog post. 
any habits you currently have look like a highway in your brain from one point to another or from one neuron to another. And when you make a different decision, a new decision, you're creating a whole new pathway that may as well be a swing bridge in comparison. It's weak, it's flimsy, and definitely not up to OSH standards. And definitely not up to OSH standards. So if you were trying to get from A to B, which path would you take? The one you know that you've taken a hundred times before because it's rigid, reinforced, and produces predictable results? Or the other one you've taken maybe once or twice that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable and unsafe? Probably the former, or probably the highway, right? And our brain is only doing what it's wired to do at its basic level, which is to survive which means avoiding harm, avoiding danger and risky situations and staying in the comfort zone where nothing ever grows, I might add. <laughs> but what's the real danger here? Is it daring to live into your truth, to express yourself with integrity, stand up for what you believe in and or make your dreams come true? Or not ever experiencing life beyond the comfort zone? Uncle Martin says it better. Quote, unquote, quote, unquote. You may be 38 years old, as I happen to be, and one day some great opportunity stands before you and calls you to stand for some great principle, some great issue, some great cause. And you've refused to do it, and you refuse to do it, and you refuse to do it because you're afraid. You refuse to do it because you want to live longer. You're afraid that you will lose your job, or you are afraid that you will be criticised, or that you will lose your popularity, or you're afraid that somebody... You're afraid that you'll you're afraid that you'll lose your job, or you're af you're afraid you'll you're afraid you're afraid you'll lose your job, or you're afraid that you'll be criticised, or that you'll lose your popularity, or you're afraid that somebody will stab you, or shoot you, or bomb your house, so you refuse to take the stand. Well, you may go on and live until you are ninety, but you're just as dead at thirty-eight as you would be at ninety, and the and the cessation of breathing in your life. And the, cessation, and the cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the spirits. Can we just pause for a second and soak that up because that is so powerful. I'm just going to, I'm just going to read the last, I'm just going to read the last paragraph again. Well, you may go on and live until you are 90, but you're just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. And the cessation of breathing in your life is but the delayed is but the belated announcement of an and the cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the spirits. Oh, that is so powerful. I love it, and I'll be elaborating on this more in a second. We'll just finish this off first. So Uncle Martin said it better with that, but our tupuna say it best. Before Rangi and Papa, heaven and earth were separated, some of Tiratua, their children, were against the plan and wanted to remain in that embrace in Te Pō, in the darkness. Somewhere that was familiar, predictable and safe. And they live on in us today. Each of Tiratua is expressed within us and so that tendency to stay out of harm's way is natural and reaffirms the whakaro around how neural pathways and how habits form in our brains. What's also neat about that, and I hope you can tell by now that I absolutely love and am fizzing off this kaupapa, um, what's neat about this is that over time, if we keep choosing to take that swing bridge, it starts to get reinforced and more love and attention is focused on it, and it's upgraded until it's a multi-lane highway 
and the old highway, our old habits, get less and less attention, less and less energy and resource until it finally disappears altogether. So just because our brain is wired a certain way doesn't mean we can't rewire it for a better connection and better results. Tēnā tātou, Hana. So this one's a little bit different, or it's a lot different actually, to previous blog posts, <laughs> or last week's one about the storm and just sitting in the discomfort of the dark thoughts and feels I was having at the time or have had over the last month or two that I haven't felt since 2015. That was the last time they were kind of that bad. Um, but just weathering that storm, becoming comfortable in the discomfort and just trying to unpack them where they came from, what purpose they were here to serve, because that's how my outlook is, just trusting that they're here for some reason, and I acknowledge them, sit with them, and then let them go on their way, and now I'm starting to rebuild, and habits is such a foundational part of that rebuild, I think, well it is for me anyway, um, one of those earlier steps in the whakapapa, or the process of getting back on track and I feel so good right now like just where I'm at even though I'm tired I've been I'm traveling a lot and heaps of mahi and projects nearing their deadline um, but still feel really good because I'm at a deeper knowing of myself or I know myself a little bit better because of that storm and I wouldn't be feeling how I am now if I didn't endure and be compassionate as I was working through that and I guess not judging myself for thinking that, that way, just being as objective as possible, letting those thoughts come and identifying the whakapapa of how they came to be in the first place, working through that, healing that and letting that go. And so here I am now and so it might feel like this one is totally different or disconnected to last week's post or the weeks before that, um, but this is the progression from it. And it just got me thinking, you know, when you go through the storm or you have this breakdown and breakthrough and you start putting things in place and you start to think aspirationally about the kind of life you want or the things you want in your life, things you want to do, things you want to have, things you want to give, people you want to spend time with or meet or become, all of that stuff, is that doubt starts to creep in almost instantaneously. And that's where the title comes from. We're wired for survival, but sometimes that gets in the way um, because our brains, as incredible as they are, one of their functions is that it's designed to solve problems related to surviving and to avoid anything that might cause us harm. So it's risk adverse. And while that's all good and well in some scenarios, in some contexts, uh, further into the post I go into like what's the real danger if we have habits that don't really work for us like our eating habits sleeping habits as I'm recording this just after midnight which is way past my bedtime but anyway if we have habits that don't work for us but they are the default setting that we have right now just like the default settings on our phones and devices what is the real danger is it sticking with those which keep us in our comfort zone, which is a place where nothing ever grows? <laughs> or is it dying prematurely, as Martin Luther King says in that quote? Well, you may go on to live until you are 90, but you're just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. 
in the cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the spirit. I love that line so much and it took me a while to find it but I really wanted it to be part of this post um, because staying in that comfort zone is part of our whakapapa. Just gonna digress for a little bit. I really liked how I wrote this. <laughs> that sounds really weird but um, what is the real danger here? Daring to live into your truth, express yourself with dignity, stand up for what you believe in and or make your dreams come true, or not ever experiencing life beyond the comfort zone. Uncle Martin says it better, and then his quote, and then when it finishes, I go in with the, and our tupuna say it best, and talk about whakapapa and how the atua who wanted to remain uh, between Rangi and Papa, we're against separating them all together, like they live on in us. And so the potential or the tendency to stay out of harm's way and be risk adverse and stay in that comfort zone is within us as well. So that is natural to have those kind of thoughts, um, to fear the unknown or to fear something different. And it also reinforces that whakaro about the neural pathways in our brain, the highway compared to the swing bridge. And oh, I just, I don't know, I really hope it comes across, but I really, really enjoy this topic about the neuroscience, what goes on on a mental level, emotionally and spiritually as well, even though I'm not, like I'm still learning a lot about that, but really comfortable with the emotions and the mental side of things and the neuroscience behind it, but also the parallels and the weaving that can happen with our purako and our whakapapa, our science, and also Western science when it comes to this stuff. And so expect to see a lot more posts, not just blog posts, but every kind of post about this kind of topic because I just love it and it really excites me, it fires me up. <laughs> and so once again, just referring to that storm cordial, um, this is my normal and I miss feeling like this and I miss sharing cordial in this way. Um, but I think I had to weather that storm because that cleared the way for this kind of cordial and these thoughts to come through again and start to blossom and just fill up the space inside of me. And so again, trust the process wherever you might be on it. If you're in the storm, I feel you. I'm in it with you. <laughs> it does get better. And just to note back to Te Pō I mentioned in here. Um, it's always, the darkness always precedes the light. So there's always going to be a storm. Um, and some, some storms are to clear things away or just to disrupt and to stir up something in you. Um, and then others, uh, yeah, to clear the path for something new to grow. And I feel like that's where I am now. And thought that writing about habits would be a good place to start. Um, not just because of the function they have and how powerful they are but also because of that, um, just referring back to the title now. I feel like I'm jumping all over the show, but hopefully it makes sense. <laughs> uh, going back to the title, we're wired for survival, but sometimes that gets in the way. And so while it serves its function, just like the feelings and thoughts of doubt, of fear, of being judged, of rejection, just as those are normal, and those are part of our wiring as humans, that gets in the way of us living into who we're meant to be, living into our potential, becoming the best version of ourselves is on the other side of that. 
tāne e tira to a head to separate rangi papa for te ao marama to come about. Our tūpuna had to voyage and journey to Aotearoa to become the most perfect physical specimens on the face of the earth, to become who they were and who they were known to be. Right, we have to go through that process and we have to survive, um, but then we have to recognize the danger of staying risk adverse and never taking the leap or never taking that next step into the unknown. Kapai, so feel like I'm starting to ramble on a bit here, but really enjoyed this post. I uh, hope you did too. Keen as for any fakaro or kōrero you might have. Otherwise, I'll catch you on the next one. Good luck with that rewiring or the reflection on your habits. I will be sharing some tips and stuff on my social media um, and on my website as well. And keep an eye out in the newsletter for some other tips around that too. But keen as if you have any fakaro, any questions, send them my way. Otherwise, it's iwi. I will catch you on the next one. Hey kona.